What's up, everybody? This is the Entrepreneur Enthusiast Podcast. Today, I got Dominique Scoggins from Valor Vision. The reason I got Dominique out here is because, one, he's an entrepreneur and also a ed- very educated man. And I played high school football with this man. And I've seen him grow. And we all like to humbly brag, but this man's been doing this thing for a while and continue to build his company. So... Tell us a really a little bit about Valor Vision. You know, yeah. give me give me a quick. You know, what what is Valor Vision? For sure, no, most definitely. Uh, well, first of all, Joe, thank you for having me, man. I yeah. really appreciate that. Um, so, Valor Vision is a company, uh, one of the companies I created that really emphasizes on all aspects of production, uh, anything that encompasses event production and TV and film production too, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, feature films. Uh, different kind of slates, yeah. uh, motion pictures, um, you know, anything to that degree. And I really started uh, doing production um, probably when I was like 17 years old. Yeah. Um, but then in all, all different aspects. So I just figured, you know, now let me just create a company. So we have contracts with different, you know, venues. Uh, currently right now I have a contract with the W Hollywood Hotel. Nice. Um, and a lot of W uh, Hotel Group. In general, yeah. so um, basically, essentially, I bring a lot of entertainment and logistics and production to them. Well, you, you, um, you say you started at seventeen years old. Yeah. What, what type of event was that? What? What? Because I can imagine you were, were doing that without even realizing that was actual production. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it was interesting. Uh, if you throw house parties, yeah, then that's promotion. You know, yeah, you are yeah. you, like so. Everybody kind of starts in a promoter. Yeah. Right in a promoter way. Uh, there's people who literally promote things that don't even know that they're promoters. Yeah. Right. So I started doing that in high school, uh, having parties and then just eventually like just letting people know, like, like people will ask me, you know, what was going on tonight? Like that just kind of naturally came. Yeah. It wasn't even that I was trying to like be like this, you know, promoter or be in the scene. Just people just, I guess, knew that I was in the scene. So they would just say, yo, what's up? Where, like, where's it going? Exactly. And that's really how it starts. So, like, yeah. people just start hitting you up, asking you what's going on. Yeah. So what I realized is, is that if I can bring, you know, at least, like, 50 to 100 people, you know, to a party, to an event or anything like that. Yeah. Um, let me just start easing my way into building my own company. Yeah. Um, And so with the W in particularly... I work. I started off doing everything by myself, mm-hmm. doing all my promotions, doing all my marketing, <laughs> That's a lot. Doing, being cinematographers. <laughs> like yeah. I started this about four years ago yeah. there at that particular venue, and um, I just got to the point where I was like, "All right, I need to start working with other people." Yeah, you know, people that I could trust, people that uh, have different elements of things that I necessarily don't really like doing. Yeah. So anyway, so I've been holding a good contract there, and I do entertainment stuff. Uh, I've had so many different clients there, RCA Records there. Nice. I've had, uh, obviously, uh, Kiss Grind, which is one of the longest production um, entertainment companies. You know, yeah, that's a dope event. And a promotion, you know, promotion, nightlife, day party. Yeah. Since uh, they do stuff worldwide. Yeah. Um, worked with a lot of a lot of different groups. Nike. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, um, anyway, I mean, the list can go on and on. It, I, I'm, I'm going to go back. It's interesting you said something about the 50 people coming, like, yeah, I remember um, my in my event days, party days. Like, uh-huh. I got to a point where I knew I'm gonna get 50 people. Yeah, at minimum, I'm at least get 50 at least people. 50. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we had uh, the game night the other night. And I believe we had we didn't have 50. We had about 25 people there, but we knew we knew the solid coming out. And then like there's an epiphany of saying, "Oh snap, I can get." 
pay per head mm-hmm. per these people. Like, because right. partying becomes a job. Yeah, exactly. It becomes a, a, a like a whole thing to just go out and yeah. get dressed and and you say you started off just having fun. Mm-hmm. How was that pure transition to for it to go from fun to go from actual like I'm monetizing this and turning it into a career? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> one thing I started to realize when if I if I knew I was going to enter in this business, yeah, is realize what venues. Yeah. Right. You got to go to the venues. That's that's the most important thing because you want to give people a different experience that they're not just getting you know Absolutely. anywhere else. Because to me, it's not really a party. It's really people networking and having fun. Like yep. I like to see the beauty of people getting together. Right. So what I started to do was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna start just bringing a lot of industry professionals together. Yeah. People who move out to LA. Yeah. Don't really know what's going on. Right. And. You know, because I went to college in Atlanta, like I know a lot of people else that moved to L.A. from other different states. Yeah. And so when they would ask me where to go, I started to realize, okay, hey, they'll pay $20 to get in at minimum or they'll get a couple drinks, which is $40. Right. Yeah. So I started to see, okay, if I give if if I start making more connections with venues, uh, because I actually have a property management background. So I know a lot of venues and how they operate and how they move and how they solicit yeah. different groups to work with. Got it. So once I started to get into that and realize that, I just started inviting people over. Yeah. Right? So I started making relationships with venues. Yep. Obviously show them the kind of experience that I want to build. Man. The kind of art, uh, audience that I want to bring, the demographics I want to bring. Uh, started, obviously, you know, knowing so many DJs. I mean, just being yeah. around, you know, DJs. A lot of DJs are my personal friends. I knew them before they were DJs. Yeah. Who happen to be some shout, of them. Shout some out. Who's some oh, DJ man. Fans? Oh, shoot. We could DJ Artistics. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, DJ Bad. Yeah. DJ Prince. Yeah. And this is no order, by the way. So, no, no. no. DJs get real. So, yeah, like, who sensitive. you put, right? Yeah. Uh, DJ, DJ Orator. DJ Air. DJ Air. Um, yeah, shout out to DJ Air. I mean, I knew. You know, we went to Morehouse, yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah, DJ yeah. Air, you know, he does his thing in the Atlanta market. Yeah. And he's he's worldwide. Yeah. I would say, yeah, for him as a DJ to kind of, he knew he wanted, I, I think out of all the DJs I knew, I saw him transitioning and wanting to be a DJ right, at an early age. To be a DJ, bro. He, he, he DJed my house party. Yeah, but I remember that was like. his first DJ. It was like, it was just for fun. Like for yeah. him, like I don't think he knew where it was going to go yeah. to where he's at now. Oh, no, he knew. Look, you know what? His, his people's is like, and in, in, you know, he's in radio, like all that, like. So he knew, like, because uh, we had a big homie named Will, uh, that shout out to Will. He he was like, we looked up to him when we did our parties. Mm-hmm. He was older, and he would have all these kind of house parties, and he DJed his own parties. Oh, okay. And so I I wanted to DJ, but I just really had an interest in it. Nice. So then I would hire I would hire uh, Air, and then okay. he he started DJing, and he went to school, and like. Even the same mindset of how you like yeah. took production, like you didn't know you were throwing a party, but then you were like, "Let mm-hmm. me take this to the next level yeah. professionally." You know, I think that's that's what it was like, mm-hmm. and, and that whole switch that was like, I remember his aha moment, and like you're saying, so what was your aha moment where you were like, you know what, aha? Hmm. Well, because I grew up in entertainment, yeah. Uh, my father was in. I have family that were in entertainment. Yeah, always knew I was going to be around it to some degree. Got it. Um, and I've done so many different things in my life, but 
what made me say aha, you know, sort of say is I started surrounding myself with more people in the industry. Yeah. And I started learning about different aspects of production that I didn't yeah. know. Right. So one is like TV and film. Yeah. Um, they would actually shoot movies at my uncle's house. My uncle Megger's house. Uh, he lives off of uh, Arlington and Adams. And those of you know, they use those old houses mm-hmm. for TV and you yeah. know, movie production. So they've been doing that for years. for years. And so I always knew I wanted to be in that industry because I would live there. We lived there with my uncle for some time yeah. with my mom. And I always knew I was going to be in it. But I, I would say that spark of moment was meeting some, meeting some people and my first opportunity. So my first opportunity working in TV and production was I was working in property management. Yeah. And one of my clients was a show is a showrunner. Mm-hmm. His name is Joe Braswell. Shout out to Joe Braswell. He, me and him connected. Yeah. Just showing him some properties. Yeah. And he told me, you know, what, what, what do I you know like to do? And I told him the things that I like to do. And he said, well, have you ever done TV and film? I said, I've been around it to some degree, but, you know, not as a, you know, production or showrunner. Yeah. So he said, I may have an opportunity for you. So I said, okay. This was in May of 2017. In October 2017, he calls me out of the blue. Yeah. Right? Like, literally out of the blue. And at the time, I'm in business school. I, yeah. I don't even think he knew that I was enrolled in business school because this yeah. was months after we talked. It's how the education. He just called me out of nowhere and just said, hey, you know, I have an opportunity working on Man Cave. It's showing BET. It's, it's about black men. Yeah. You know, just talking, having candid conversations. And I think, you know, based on the things we were talking about, that you could be a great asset in helping us, yep. you know, uh, as an entry level. So this was my first position, oh, wow. which is considered a production wow. assistant, right? So I was like, cool, you know, I'll try it, yeah. right? And he told me what the rate was, and it was actually more than what I was making <laughs> as a property manager. And less hours. And I was like, okay, wait, <laughs> if this is the entry level position making this amount, and I'm making this with property management. Yeah. Let me, let me do it. So it was also a money thing, too. And yeah. I didn't see it as me starting from the bottom. Right, I didn't see it as like, oh, I'm gonna do a production because there's a lot of negative connotations around what production assistants are. Yeah, I was a story room production assistant, so I was actually helping build the content. Yeah, a lot of people don't even like starting from the bottom. Even it's like, where are you gonna start from? <laughs> it's that's a whole nother topic, right? <laughs> so anyway, so that was the aha moment. Yeah, you know, that was the, like once I started working Man Cave, and you know, shout out to Jeff Johnson, Slink Tank, and uh, Cosine and you know, a lot of team, like that was my first time actually working with all black people. Wow. To be honest with you. So that's a blessing in, in the production, you know, um, conduit in the storyroom. Um, it was producers like that was literally, you know, and, and that was also like, aha moment, like, wow, I can do this and have fun and just come with different ideas yeah. and write stuff down and piggyback off of people. And, have conversations like it was normal it was natural and yeah. i was like that is this is what i want to do i want to do yeah. this to to a degree is be in this lane because i have a corporate experience but it wasn't satisfying it wasn't fun it wasn't and fun. not to say that um you know i'm appreciative of of working yeah in that element but for me in the way i like to move that was that was our home you, you said something that um hit and it was on the line of your father was in the business yeah uh, and one, what capacity was he in the business? Yeah, so my dad, <laughs> it's interesting. He um he has a very rare one of a kind story. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying this because he's my dad, but like if you sit back from a creative aspect and assess this person's life, so 
My dad really started off like selling popcorn and peanuts in the form. Oh, wow. Uh, when he was like 17, 18 years old, that was his first job working at the form. You know, no went, to Inglewood, went to Inglewood. He went to Santa Monica College Got it. for, I think, a year or two. Didn't finish yeah. because he was working and he worked his way up. He started working in, as a selling popcorn and peanuts and then working into management with the restaurant and like the form clubs and mm-hmm. then worked his way up into working for a third party company that did sponsorships for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. This was back in the 80s. This was before, um, you know, Jerry Buss like took full control over all the marketing and mm-hmm. everything. He still had other partners that he was working with. So he started working in that, got fired because Jerry Buss let this third party go. Yeah. So my dad was unemployed for like six months. But Jeannie called him. Jeannie Buss called him and said, hey, listen, you know, I want you to work in sales. Like, now we're doing our own in-house sales, yeah. sponsorships, yeah. and all that stuff. So they brought him back on um, with his with Jerry Buss's business partner, Frank Mariani. Yeah. So my dad worked for the Lakers for like 27 years. Wow. Um, and he ended up being the vice president of corporate sponsorships wow. when he left the Lakers. So through all those years, like that's what he did. So he up. growing up, that's all I did. And then, you know, when he left the Lakers, he worked for Magic. Yeah. Magic Johnson became his president. So he yeah. was the president there for about seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, so that's growing up, that's really all I knew. It, it's it's you know, that's that's all I that's all I kind of just knew. But the thing is with my dad is that he literally comes from a unique humble beginning. Yeah. You know, he he was not blessed. So he didn't raise us like that. We, we weren't raised like we we definitely experienced a lot of stuff. Yeah. But he raised us, my mom, like my, my family has a very blue collar family. Blue collar family. Yeah. They were they're really blue collar. America. People. Yeah. Yeah, really are. So so yeah. so in that, you know, is is important you were still able to see a important black male. Mm-hmm. In a in a lane succeed, and like I always tell people, like like I had like I looked up to like Diddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we all did. I mean, everybody. Like, that, I mean, but that's know, really man. all we had though. Yeah, like yeah, the nineties, yeah, like yeah. we had like Diddy, like yeah. Dame, like uh-huh. like these are people we had. Like there wasn't like right. like no black doctors, lawyers. Yeah. Like we didn't really see how anyone really grew their career and grinded so like even learning how to grind is a thing because you're able to you were able to see his footsteps and see how he was able to do that yeah and in and it goes into uh the father time conversation of how how important is it to you to we talked about being present in our son's life how important is that as an element even even us as black men to have that impression on younger black men so they can see like, yo, you can do it. It don't even got to be this way or this way or this way. You can do it your way. Yeah. Question? My question is how uh-huh. important is the mentorship in, in the lives of black men? Because it seems like it made a big impression yes. on you. Yes. And, 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 and gearing off the focus of yep. you in the career, but you just staying on track and you getting that blueprint to stay on track because your, your father was able to do it. And yep. most people don't have that blueprint. Yeah. You know of success Yeah for sure Um, Especially where we come from Absolutely Well I have been blessed And you know And um, I would say privileged And honored And appreciative Of all the men in my family Yeah You know my dad definitely Was Is prevalent in my life Yeah Um, But I think when it comes to men In general we need Like a, a village of other men 
mm-hmm. that also we balance malehood out and, yeah. and figure things out because you know my dad couldn't teach me everything yeah right uh but i had both of my grandfathers grandfather joe uh you know gramps grandpa you know don i had uncles in my yeah. life my dad has three brothers yeah kenny ron eric you know yeah uh my mom has a brother yeah uncle megger um also my uncle demon who's also our other brother so i grew yeah. up with with men got it you know in my family and then also play like you know cousins older cousins older mm-hmm. uncle other you know i mean it's very important you know for us to to have that element and i think our generation is going to be that generation where we we are definitely assuring that we're more prevalent offer in, that we're prevalent in our yeah. sons and in men's lives. We're, we're able know? to we're able to offer it. I feel we, like we could definitely we're, offer. We're in that new phase, and yeah. and even for me, you know, I find it uh, difficult sometimes because I want to be around my son all the time, be yeah. around my daughter and my other my other son all the time, but it's hard to really just have that entrepreneur life because right. that, that clock is on a different pace. Yeah. And so you have to decide if you really want to be an entrepreneur and you've, you've done corporate corporate mm-hmm. and you've done the entrepreneur side yeah. of things. And so, so because you can speak to both aspects, mm. what is the mindset that you have to take to even tap into that to say, What's the mindset of the corporate world, and what is the mindset of saying, "Okay, I'm going to"? Because you can go work for a production company, yeah, or or you can start one, yeah. So, what is what is the mindset in between those that you feel like you have to take to, let's say, start your own production company? Great question. Um, Well, first of all, if if anybody knows having a job, like when you work for somebody, yeah, first things first, you're expendable. They can fire you, right? I mean, that's just yeah. when you work for somebody else, they yeah, can fire you. They can, and they don't have to give you a two week notice. Yeah, right. They can literally just fire you. Yeah, right. I got so, a problem with firing people. I, I, it's so hard for me to do. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's just the nature of business and employment, and yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. So once I started to realize that, it made me realize that okay. I need to also have my own business too, as well. Got it. You know, because I can be reliant on me. Yeah. Right. If if anybody was to fire me or if any company was to get laid off or any sort of circumstance, you you want to quit. Yeah. Just know that that business working for somebody is expendable. It's expendable. So I knew that at a very young age because I've been working since I was 15. You know, I've always had a job. Right. So, yeah, man, (laughs) when I started to realize that at a younger age, at every job, you know, you can get fired or things can change. Yeah. It always made me want to do entrepreneurship. And then my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My mom's, my mom's father. So he always was in business by himself. Got he it. was a painter. He was a plumber. He was a landscaper. Yep. He owned buildings. You know, he owned a club. Like, that's, that's yep. really where my entrepreneurship comes from with him. Yep. That's what he taught me. But my dad worked in corporate, so I just kind of always had like that balance. I seen both sides. Yeah. And uh, I've been able to balance both sides. Like still, you know, I tell people all the time, like there's nothing wrong with having a job. Yes. Because you can always quit it. Earn income. Earn income. You get benefits. Get benefits. And and as an entrepreneur, you start to see that, okay, you can see that you can use it to your advantage. And you can see that. And I've done entrepreneurship for a year. For a year and two years, yeah, maybe let's just say two years. Like I've done it solely. Like I've took, the, I've taken the risk, yeah, of doing it solely. And it gets to a point where once I start to have my son, 
Yeah. Right. And then once I started to see, okay, there's certain industries that I could be in where I could still move and be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And balance out both. It was perfect. It's it's a perfect situation. So I've been an entrepreneur twelve years now. Yeah. It's been a crazy ride. Uh-huh. You know, but now, you know, even now supporting my family, um, and having my kids, you know, my my, my take has been it's about what I'm what I'm gaining per day, and I'm, I'm seasoned in my craft in digital marketing. I was I was able to come in a field where digital marketing was a boom, and everyone needed marketing, advertising, promotion, websites, and stuff like that. And and with getting over that hump of being like this full time entrepreneur, like you want to just make sure you're getting that steady earned income. Absolutely. Like on the on like you it has to be coming in all oh, the time. All the time. And true entrepreneurship and to speak to your point of you being able to do other things, it's really providing jobs. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I have we have seven people now at Affluent and to, to I feed their families mm-hmm. and mine. Mm-hmm. So there's been times where like I'm like Okay, we got to pay the bills, so I'll go do a task rapid job. Right. I'll go mount some TVs. Right, right. Literally, while I was working, I owned the re- when I was working at the restaurant. I owned the restaurant. Uh-huh. I would go mount TVs, do some tasks that I can do yeah. to make 150 bucks, 200. You're making 300 bucks a, a day. Sure, you got your hundred thousand dollars in a year. There you go. So I was, my bottom line was still going to be met. Bring so money my in. Businesses could be taken care of. Yes. So that actually helped me that time learn that. I don't have to be as hands-on with the business. I can delegate tasks. I don't have to do the full workload. And then I can grow and be a full-time true entrepreneur because I believe I failed the early years of entrepreneurship because I wanted to take 100% of the work and 100% of the money. But I learned that I can delegate 90% of the work and take 50% of the money and then move on yeah. and go get new work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and delegation dealing with employees, it's a, uh, it's a whole thing. And to be able to scale your business, it takes a new mindset. So where do you see your company going, scaling in the perfect world? What are, what are the limits yeah. for you, for you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about having great relationships and doing, you know, having partnerships with yeah. reputable companies that you can scale it as high as you want. Yeah. You know? So well, my vision has always been is to do mass production. Got it. You know, uh, I've been blessed to and fortunate to do stuff in other States. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, starting off doing stuff in other States, uh, before the pandemic, I could have done something in Istanbul. Nice. You know, at a venue out there. Yeah. Um, so nice. I think, you know, once you once you grow, you you know you want to grow to newer heights. You know, obviously have my own films or other yeah. films of of writers that I'm producing. Yeah, one of our movies or one of our concepts is going to hit. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing too. You know, my company is also in partnerships with other people where we're doing things together. Yeah, you know, so everybody, we all aspire to like get that that major motion picture deal or. Mm-hmm. You know that TV deal, or you know whatever the case may and be. It could just come. Yeah, and it could just come at yeah. any time. You know, um, and then you know, still continue to do philanthropic stuff. You know, Got too it. as well. So part of the balance is not only do you aspire to 
you know, have more of a branding thing, but also, you know, you want to give back. And that's something that I've always been a huge proponent on. So, so to, to add to giving back, um, what are some keys that you would want to leave with our audience to become an entrepreneur, to follow your footsteps? What are you saying to the 15-year-old Dominique before he's doing that first production? Yeah, I would definitely tell him to, you know, believe themselves in whatever that case may be. So anything that they want to do or have like an interest in yeah. doing, just do it. Just do it. Even if you have an interest, like just just see what it's what, about. What does that mean? Just Yeah, so it's like... <clears throat> I always wanted to go to business school. Yeah. Right? Always. Yep. I knew that at some degree I wanted to go to USC. Yep. And I just wanted to just see what it was like to go to business school. Yeah. Right? So all I did was just apply. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just apply. Yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and do the research. Like, I'm going to just see what it's about. I know that there could be so many things against me. Yeah. Right? So I just did it. Yeah. Right? Even my business. I just filed for LLC. Just do it. Just, just get a tax ID. Right, people like, hate people hate when I say Jess. Just yes. that's but really you all you have to just, just do. do it. Like that's it. Like <laughs> it's just okay. This is what it takes to do it. I'm gonna just do yeah. it. So, you know, and then I got accepted in the business school, and I yeah. I, I really, <laughs> to be honest with you, they, if I didn't have the pedigree that I have and the things that I've done, that's why I got accepted. But on paper, they wouldn't have accepted you. They wouldn't have accepted me. So that's another thing too. It's like just do things. Just, just do things to add. On your resume so you could talk about stuff mm -hmm. right just you don't want to be one person that talks in a, a linear way it's just you talk about one thing you want to have experience in doing anything re rejection is going to happen it's going to happen regardless like it's going to happen that's, that's that adversity it's inevitable coach black only you will face adversity <laughs> <laughs> only you will face adversity <laughs> only you will face i hear that in my head all the time Coach Vlad, yeah. man, shout out to him. He's an entrepreneur. He's selling insurance right now. Is he? Yeah, entrepreneur, man. But it's still like you got to have that. And I, my wife hates it, but I always bring it back to sports analogies because I, I learned a lot of shit playing football yeah. and playing sports. And it's like there's an adversity. There's a giving up. Like, bro, I think we, like, my senior year, we lost every game but one. Like, you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose, but you still got to feel like a winner in some way. Like, yeah. just because just you're losing, you know, in certain aspects don't mean you're losing all the time. Right. And then even the the most important is, like, a quarterback could be a quarterback, a receiver could be a receiver. Everybody mm -hmm. has to do their job. Their part. Yeah, and they have to do You don't part. have to. You can't do all the jobs. Yeah. You're going to get overwhelmed. And, yeah. like, I always bring it back to those analogies because it's like, that's, that's how it works. I, I believe, you know, athletes always succeed. Um, people with pro proper mentorship pro always succeed. So you have to dig into it. So I'm glad you were able to reiterate that because it really about is about just doing it. It's just doing it, man. And and you know, to the 15 year old self, it's just whatever you really see that you just want to do, just try it out. Yeah. You know, you people don't realize you can always not have an interest in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you may like it. Yeah. Or you just you know what I tried it. I'm not gonna you know I'll, I'll focus yeah. on something else. And that's okay. Like, we, you know, people say life is short, which we all, all we know is life, but Man. it's the longest span that we actually have. Right. So it's like maximize whatever we can. Dive deep. Whatever we do, just dive deep into it. Yeah, don't, you know? I, don't, I, I've always used to, people would penalize me, except for my mother. She gave me the open opportunity to change my mind. Yeah. And I try to do that with my kids. It's okay to change your mind. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's okay. It's okay, it's okay to change There's your mind. Wrong with it. Man, this is this is awesome. I, I feel like we got some great insight. Where can people find you? Yeah. Um, 
you know, how can they find you? And, and you know, is there anybody you want to shout out and leave with the audience? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you can follow me. Um, actually, you can take my number. My number is 213-925-6765. That number ain't changed. Yep. Yeah, that's been my same number. Yep. Uh, you Drop can find me. Line. Yeah, of course. Uh, Instagram, Dom X Cox. And then my entertainment company is Valor Vision ENT. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, in this episode, and like most episodes, it's sponsored by Fluent Solution. Yes. Shout Digital out to Marketing Fluent Company. Solution. Yes. Uh, we do all your lead generation, all your marketing and data collection. For example, like Dominique shouted out his number. You can have your own digital number at a Fluent Solution right now. If you go ahead and sign up for a 30-day free trial, people can text you. They can call you, and they don't have to have your personal line, and you can just hit them on the jack. Thank you for coming, man. This was an awesome episode, Absolutely. man. I appreciate, I appreciate the love, man. Let's do what we got to do it again. Yes. And we'll see y'all soon.